for you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Colin McLaughlin, this is literally the sports doctor, guys. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Sports Mix. I'm Nick Verzellini alongside me. Is Colin McLaughlin no Spencer again today, Colin? But you and I uh, got the fort pinned down or locked down, I guess is what you would say. And uh, yeah, and it's thanks to Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert is. Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. They've been holding down the fort alongside us. We have been doing it since 2021. <laughs> We've been doing it since yesterday. If you want to talk about the show. I mean, if you're holding down the fort just for the show. I mean, we've been on the show for over a year, so it is 2021. But holding down the fort, I guess, in the place of Spencer's absence is since yesterday. Yeah. We had like that week when he went on vacation, too. That's true. But um, on the show today, Justin Namelik, head coach of the Shepherd University Rams. He's coming up at 12.30, or 12.15, I should say. But before that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about high school football. we got volleyball going on currently, so whenever that goes final, uh, we'll have that update for you. And it looks like Musselman's going to walk away with the third straight state championship. They were up two sets uh, to nothing against uh, Morgantown after Hedgesville lost to Morgantown yesterday. Um, so that was unfortunate that we didn't get the all EPAC state championship game, but we'll have more on that in a little bit. It looks like it's just a few moments away getting updates from Phil McCoy, a friend of the uh, station, as well as the father of Ada McCoy on Musselman. And they're up two sets to nothing. They won set one, 25-23, set two, 25-14. And now they are up 19 to 9 in set number three, Morgantown, at a timeout. So it seems like only a matter of moments away from the ninth state championship for the Musselman Appleman volleyball program. So is it too early to say congratulations? We'll hold off because we don't want to jinx it, Colin. You never know what could happen in the craziness of high school volleyball. But. Uh, also, I think Tyler Kennedy, our good friend of the show from WD uh, TV, is going to send me some photos. So maybe we'll have some photos of Musselman with the state championship for you on the show today, opposed to normally have to wait until probably Monday for that. So yep, or Friday, I should say. We still tomorrow. Things keep trending in the winning direction. Get Coach right. Martz on. I guess Monday since tomorrow is the. Yeah, hour and a half football stuff we got football about. show that we already have scheduled. So, but speaking of football and speaking of Musselman, we got Musselman football tonight against Wheeling Park. Should be a good contest between those two teams. Um, Musselman lost the regular season matchup thirty-four to seven, but we know the Appleman had some opportunities in that game uh, in the red zone where they just came up short. So. I would expect the second time around, Colin, the more I've been thinking about it, and after speaking with Coach Thomas, I'm thinking Musselman's going to make it much closer tonight, and we're going to get a really good back-and-forth football game. I hope so, and you guys have been trying to sell that point 
to me because it's the eight versus nine matchup, and this time Wheeling Park has to head to Musselman instead of the other way around during the regular season when Musselman traveled to Wheeling Park at the time, Musselman being the number one team in the state via the playoff ratings, but fell 34-7, to and because of that, even though you guys have been trying to sell that point to me, I've been a little bit skeptical because now they're playing Thursday, so you have to take the weather element out of it. And because of that, other than Wheeling Park coming here, I, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact of how it, hopefully I'm wrong, I'll make it known, but how can a team make a 27-point swing to get a win this time around? Yeah, that's a good point. I think, too, you look at Wheeling Park's schedule and some of their wins. Uh, unless you're not – I don't want to put you on the spot here. You're saying it's going to be closer. You said yeah, I don't, I don't win. I think Wheeling Park could still win. Okay. Um, I, I didn't want to directly put you on the spot, but I, I'm, I guess – the way I just said it would be a 27-point swing to get the win. I wouldn't be surprised if you're then correct that it's closer, maybe a touchdown or two-touchdown game instead of 24 points, maybe 10 to 14. Yeah, range. I think one thing that stands out, too, you compare some of these two teams' wins, I think Musselman's had the tougher schedule, but also Wheeling Park has a more dominating win over Morgantown, beat them 33-14. to 14. So that stands out. That was right before they beat Musselman. So to me, that stands out as, you know, they took care of business not only against you pretty well, but they took care of business against a team that you went to the wire with in Morgantown. So that that does make you think that Wheeling Park is probably the better team here tonight. But... Again, we said Musman's played the tougher schedule. That's why Musman's the eighth seed, and Wheeling Park is the ninth seed, despite both teams having the same record and Wheeling Park having the head-to-head. And Musman's got some good wins, obviously, on their resume. You know, the one-point win over Jefferson, I think, is a good win. The Sharando win, the Morgantown win, um, and even Spring Mills is a solid win, and Parkersburg is a solid win. So there's a lot on that Musman resume that has prepared them for this game. But like you said, flipping a 27-point deficit into a win is tough to imagine. But I do think it's closer here tonight. And if it gets close down the stretch, Musman's won some close games this year. Maybe they can find a way to pull it out. It'd be awesome to so. see. It, it would be awesome to see. But as we've even heard both times about this matchup from Coach Thomas, Willing Park is the fastest kid in the state. Yeah. Period. End of story. He won states last year, and I believe, I think Coach Thomas told us, what, 100 and 200 last year? The only guy that I can think of is Ray Adamas to match up with him. Yeah. And and tough for him. Exactly. So. Well, we got to take this first break because we do have Coach Namelik, I think, coming up on the other side of this break. Hopefully, Hopefully he calls in. Yeah, but. but might have to remind him during the break yeah we can try to do that and then uh if we don't have him for whatever reason we can, uh, we can continue talking anyway. high school football or we can talk a little bit about shepherd tomorrow as well so uh that will do it for this first segment 
Colin. I think it's brought to us by... Yes, it's brought to us by Parsons Ford in Martinsburg at 1400 Shepherdstown Road and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first, Parsons. So we'll be back after two minutes on the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR and TV 10. I was feeling like myself for the first time in a long you're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini and Kyle McLaughlin and Spencer are out today, but we're now joined on the phone lines by the head coach of the Shepherd University men's basketball team, Justin Namlik. Coach Namlik, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. So, Coach, good to have you on the show. Uh, season opens tomorrow for you guys. Uh, how was the off season for you, and what were some things that you wanted to work on? You know, I thought we had a really good off season. You know, last year, just in the number of injuries that we had and guys that we missed. Um, you know, a number of games and just with COVID issues. You know, it was it was really a tough year to go through. Uh, you know, so like just really coming into this school year, I was hoping that we were going to be healthy. Um, you know, for the most part, you know, we got through. You know, September and October, uh, relatively healthy. You know, we got one or two minor things still we're dealing with, but, you know, I'm pretty confident we're going to be at, at full strength this year. And so, I mean, the biggest thing was just, you know, maybe saying an extra prayer or two that we stayed healthy this year because uh, I just really like the development of a lot of, a lot of our guys uh, in our program. You know, um, we had a lot of young guys on our team last year, and just being a year older now, um, you know, they've made some strides and, you know, really looking forward to, to their uh, – um, their, their their continued development because I really think they're going to a lot of our a lot of the guys on our roster are going to increase production from last year and so uh, that was a big thing and, and just uh, you know we've been really stressing having a defensive uh, defensive edge um, you know and being really stingy on defense and the guys have bought into that and just a couple of the minor scheme things we've done to to improve defensively so uh, you know I'm really looking forward to us being healthy uh, really being a team that's focused on defense and 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 watching our guys improve because I think it'll translate into us moving up in the standings. Coach Namalik, Colin McLaughlin here. Thank you for being on the show with us this afternoon. Who are some of the uh, new guys on the team this year? You know, I think we, we added, like, a really good freshman class, um, you know, and a couple of these guys. It's, they're just going to be key for us, key, uh, key for us for them to be give us some good minutes because uh, we just, you know, you know, our lone senior, John Preston, um, you know, and our two, uh, our junior class and our sophomore year, our sophomore class um, all have guys that played. So if we can get some production from our, a couple of our freshmen, that'd be great. Um, you know, Michael Cooper is one of the freshmen we're missing right now. He was just doing outstanding. He's a 6'3 wing player from Woodbridge, Virginia, and he was going to be our defensive stopper on other teams' wing players. And he dislocated his toe twice, but uh, hopefully here we get him back. Um, right after Thanksgiving, that would be a huge boost to us because I think we've been playing pretty well defensively in our three scrimmage games and getting him, adding him back is only going to help us. Uh, and then Stephon Marcel, 
uh, has had some ups and downs this, uh, these three seasons, but you know he's been really well in scrimmage games, and I think he's just going to keep getting better. And he's a six seven forward from Washington D.C. Uh, play at Georgetown Prep, so I think we'll get some production from them. You know, Brendan Dolman, a local guy from Muscleman, he redshirted last year. Uh, you know, and I think him having to go against Philip Jordan every day in practice has made him better. Uh, I'm looking to see if he can, we can maybe get some minutes from him as the, as the season gets uh, gets going here. And another guy that you guys return, uh, Daniel McLean Corley. He was one of your top scorers a season ago. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, you guys went through a lot of injuries uh, throughout the season that probably reflected in your record in terms of what it ended up being. So, how do you try to keep those guys more healthy? Healthy, and what are you expecting out of uh, McLean Corley and some of those returners from this year? Yeah, I don't think there's anything you can really do, you know, to prevent injury. You know, I think it was just, you know, one of those years last year, uh, you know, I mean, Philip Jordan turned his ankle, you know, and, and DC had, um, you know, McLean Corley got a stress fracture in his leg and he actually had got one in his other leg after his freshman year and then, you know, COVID hit and, you know, he rested it all summer and he came back that next year when we didn't have a season and he looked great, you know, and it was, it's really hard to think about with him last year just because um, the day we lost him, you know, was after the game at UPJ in mid-December there, you know, and, and we lost to them by one point. Um, you know, they were a really good basketball team. They were probably should have gotten the NCAA tournament. They ended up winning 20 games, and, and we were right there to be able to win the game in one minute. And that was the one game we had our whole roster healthy, uh, and it was after that game that he said he just his leg didn't feel right. We took him to the hospital, and, you know, we discovered that stress fracture. I mean, at that point in time, he was leading up in the PSAC and scoring at 18 points per game. Uh, we had just got Philip Jordan back from his ankle injury. I just felt like, you know, we were starting to move in the right direction. You know, we just played a really good UPJ team, and that's when everything kind of started to unravel for us because then, you know, McLean Coley, that was his ninth game. He didn't play another game the rest of the season. Um, you know, and then just with COVID issues, guys missing games of the coach. COVID just became really hard to deal with. So um, I'm just, you know, I think for me, I'm just trying to keep a positive mindset that we're going to stay healthy this year, uh, you know, and I think we will. I think it might just be, you know, a crazy year. And, you know, when you talk to some other coaches last year, especially in the PSAC, the fact that we didn't have a season two seasons ago, uh, a lot of the coaches I talked to, you know, kind of experienced the same thing. You know, you miss the season of playing college basketball. You, your body misses that grind, uh, you know, and so I think now I think the guys are starting to get that back, you know, so I think little minor things aren't going to turn into major things. So I'm just confident that we're going to stay healthy, and I'm really looking forward to, the, to coaching this team. I mean, I'm, I'm rejuvenated, you know, going through last year, uh, you know, going 12 and 17 didn't sit, sit easy with me, and I really rededicated myself, and there's a lot of guys on our team that really rededicated themselves. I mean, John Preston, our lone senior, he, he didn't shoot the ball well last year, but he, he completely rededicated himself. This dude has been living in the gym, um, you know, he is going to, he's going to be so much better for us, you know, statistically, but just his leadership and his toughness, like he is really stepping up as a leader, uh, you know, and Philip Jordan, you know, I talked about our defense. He's always been a guy that's just a really good defensive player. He's healthy and he's improved as a leader. Uh, you know, those two guys are going to really be, um, you know, just our, our defensive guys, our leaders, um, you know, demanding more of others that will to win, that they have that. And so, uh, you know, add that with our sophomore class who, you know, Gerard Robinson, Carson Poppenberger, and Aiden Hughley, those guys all had really good freshman years. Like they're going to improve this year. And so I really like the makeup of our team, you know, and I think, uh, I think we have a chance to, to do, to do well this year and, and, you know, and surprise some people. Speaking of that, your team, 
according to the preseason polls, projected fifth in the east of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, and you guys have been in that conference for a few years now, so how much has your program really gotten settled into the PSAC, and how much has it benefited your program changing to the PSAC? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, with the benefits, you know, just the travel, uh, has been, uh, has been just, it's so much better than what it was in the Mountain East. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good coaches in the PSAC. Um, you know, they, they challenged me to become better, uh, you know, adjusting to their styles. But, you know, the last couple of years have just been kind of a whirlwind of things because, you know, uh, that 1920 season was our first year in that league and we had, a lot of young, inexperienced guys, you know, then we experience COVID and we don't have a season. And then we have this season last year where we're still kind of young and, you know, we have a ton of injuries. So it's like, you know, just all those factors have kind of played in. And I just think, you know, I'm really optimistic where we are as a program right now with the guys in our program. The fact now that we've had, you know, two seasons playing in the Peace Act, the guys know what it's like, know what to expect. Uh, you know, so I'm just really looking forward to it. You know, I mean, I'm not surprised we got picked fifth. That's where we finished last year. Uh, you know, I don't put too much stock in the preseason rankings i'm sure other coaches are like me and they just i just when i fill out my ballot i just look at last year's uh standings and and put that in there so uh you know if anything it just gives us a little bit more motivation to, to prove people wrong and um you know i'm just really excited about this group coach another guy that joined your team this year and cameron dorner wanted to ask you about him since we've seen him on the football field do a lot of great things uh first of all what's that like to have a guy that's a two-sport athlete on the basketball team and then uh what kind of impact do you think he'll have for you uh once he gets i guess accustomed to basketball season yeah, I think it's going to be tough. You know, I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, I talked to Coach McCook about it in the spring. And, you know, we I discussed it with Cameron, you know, a lot last spring. And I think he might not have been sure of, like, how demanding it was going to be, you know. And, and now that, you know, with the football season, we haven't really got to work with him too much. You know, I wasn't planning on him being able to work with us too much just because, with NCAA rules and our limitations, I knew he wasn't going to have that much time uh, to be with us. So when he joins us, I mean, he's going to be really behind. Um, you know, he's going to be really behind in terms of, like, what everything we have in. It's definitely going to take him a couple weeks to, to get adjusted. You know, I think he's definitely, you know, uh, you know, he's just he's a point guard with some size. You know, he has some athleticism. You know, so I think um, it's going to be interesting to see when he comes. You know, I can't, I can't say one way or another, you know, and um, – if he's going to be able to to get up to speed fast enough to maybe help us in mid January, you know, I, I think that remains to be seen. But even too after the football season, I know he's he's been playing a little bit more. That maybe he decides not to you know play basketball and, and, and just concentrate on football. So I think there's still like a lot of things up in the air with him. Steve will be able to get any type of uh, any type of contributions from him. So we're joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the Shepherd Rams men's basketball team, Justin Namalik. Coach Namalik, the season. Tips off tomorrow against West Liberty at 5.30, and then you guys also play Saturday at 6 against Wheeling in the Atlantic region crossover. When you've been able to scout both teams, what have you seen from them? 
You know, West Liberty is just, you know, it's one of the benefits of being in the Mountain East, just knowing what they're all about. You know, uh, unfortunately, our guys haven't got to experience that. You know, uh, I know what it's like to, to play in that building and how good they are, uh, you know. And so, but I, I like our preparation, what we've been doing. I think, you know, we're ready uh, to play them. You know, we definitely have to control pace. Uh, you have to make good decisions against that press, you know. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that you know, I've always stressed to my team, like, we're going to turn the ball over. It's going to look sloppy at times, but you just have to have a next mentality when you play them. Uh, I think the key for us is definitely going to be defense. You know, I definitely, I don't want us to give up, um, you know, any type of uh, dribble penetration in the paint. You know, I think they're going to shoot the three anyway, so we're going to really be focused on taking away the paint, taking away their drives, taking away the cuts, uh, forcing them to shoot over top of us, you know, and if, if we're able to do that and, and rebound the ball, I think it'll keep us in better rebounding position, and if we're able to rebound the ball, and that way we can, you know, maybe get out in transition uh, against them, uh, you know, and, and see what see what it is. But you know, I think it's going to be it's definitely going to be a tough test for us the first game. But uh, I think we're really looking forward to it. And then, you know, playing Wheeling, you know, I've already told the team the next night when you play in these back to backs, it's all about toughness. You know, and just being a tougher team. Like both teams will be tired on Saturday. Who's going to be tougher? Who's going to want it more? But it's such great preparation for us in the Peace Act because there's two weekends in the Peace Act where we play back to backs. You know, and so the guy, for us to start the season off with the back to back guys get to feel it so that, you know, in early December when we host Slippy Rock in Edinburgh here, we'll be, you know, we know what to expect in a back-to-back, and then there in middle of December when we go to Gannon and Clarion, you know, again, in the back-to-back, we'll be, we, we know what to expect. So uh, it's definitely great preparation, you know, for our team just in terms of playing the back-to-back and the competition we're going to play. All right, Coach, last one here. Uh, any, or what are the team's goals and expectations for this season? I really just want us to, you know, to play our best, and I want us to to be have that defensive edge. It's just something that I've been stressing with our team, and I think if, uh, you know, if we just focus on the the process of getting better, uh, you know, and, and, and staying committed to defense, like I really do think, like. Uh, in terms of wins and losses, you know, we're going to be better than last year. Uh, you know, and, and that's all I can ask for is just uh, us giving our best every day, staying focused on us, you know, uh, individually and collectively. Um, you know, I, I really like this group. You know, I think uh, just with the pieces we have coming back, you know, there's definitely we have a lot of guys on our team that have proven that they can play at this level. It's just about them doing it consistently. And, you know, I just really like the guys in our program. I'm excited to see uh, their improvement. I'm excited to see them, you know, become those consistent performers for us. And uh, they're just a, a great group to be around. You know, I mean, they're just they got a lot of great personalities, a lot of great kids, uh, definitely student athletes, you know, they're all buying into our program, uh, they all want to lead uh, you know, so I can't say enough about this group, but you know, a lot of times when you have all those intangibles, when you have a team that's committed, that you know, they understand team uh, they want to be leaders, you know I think that's, those intangibles, I think always, always, you know um, pay off in the form of wins so I'm really looking forward to it, you know, I think if we can finish in the, you know, top three or four, you know, that would be an improvement, you know definitely improve in, our, in the win column and you know, and then kind of see where we're at in, in, in early March, you know, late February, because I just think this team, um, you know, has a chance to, to really improve and, and really surprise a lot of people this year. All right, Coach, thank you for joining us, and we will have your uh, first game on our schedule against Slippery Rock in Edinburgh. We'll have both of those games here on TV10. So looking sounds forward good, to the season. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Coach. 
as I was the head coach of the Shepherd University Rams men's basketball team. We'll take our uh, next break, and when we return, we'll uh, maybe talk some national sports, talk a little bit about, well, more region, I guess. We'll talk commanders, more news off the field for them, and some NFL stuff, and uh, then we'll get into national a little bit with the United States soccer team rosters being announced. Yep, this segment brought to you by Orsini's. Not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets and design, bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hackles and Way in Martinsburg or go to Orsini's.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. All right, Colin, a uh, congratulations is in order. Jambo Construction and Fencing. The congratulations is in order. Uh, it is. The Muscleman volleyball team wins in three sets over Morgantown to win the state championship and uh, got the photo of the team right here with their their state title from uh, Tyler Kennett good friend of mine from school at Marshall and uh, we've had him on the show as well from WD uh, TV so thanks to Tyler for those photos that he sent me, he sent me several so we'll probably have more uh, maybe on Monday I was about to say, show. Save that for me because I know we want to try to get him on for Monday show, but uh, with them winning, I might have to. Uh, Rob has asked me to try for Eastern Panhandle talk tomorrow to get Coach Martz on the show if they're back in yeah, the area. I got like five photos and a couple so players, can, so. uh, from Tyler. Yeah, so congrats to them. They won the third set over Morgantown, 25 to 14, to become the state champions for the third straight season in the ninth time in program history. But also, since uh, we briefly mentioned it yesterday, even though they did not make the state championship, unfortunately, like to congratulate Hedgesville on a great season, as well as all the EPAC teams, but Hedgesville just falling in the semifinals to Morgantown, Yesterday, after winning the regional championship last week against yeah. Musselman and having to come back down two sets, nothing to win 3-2. So both teams had a great season. Unfortunately, we did not get to see the state championship rematch from last year that we wanted, but both teams still had a terrific season to keep their heads high about. And again, congrats to Musselman. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Shout out to Hedgesville as well, being in the... In the semifinals is a great achievement. Obviously, Morgantown was a pretty good team. You know, early on they had Musselman uh, on the ropes in that first set, but the Appleman really locked in and got that win. So great to see another state champion in the Eastern Panhandle um, and Musselman taking care of business like we expected them to, but uh, definitely wasn't necessarily easy for them, but they certainly make it look easy, don't they, Colin? Yes, they do. That offense led by Hannah Howard, Ada McCoy, Killer, Kaylee Christman, all of them are just fantastic players, and I can't wait to see uh, what next year brings for them to hopefully get that 10th state championship if it's not too early to talk about that. <laughs> the way too early high school volleyball preview coming up next on the Sports Mix. Sports mix. But before we Still do that. Still at Musselman number one. Um, Spoiler. 
Wow. You got Hedgesville number two? Yes. Bold of you, Colin. And then Morgantown number three. <laughs> so you're going to put Morgantown in the three spot even though they beat Hedgesville? Yeah. They don't have a lot returning next year? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> and I know Hedgesville does because we've known that they are a it's young true. team yeah. led by multiple freshmen. Yeah, so they, they're going to be good for a while. But uh, let's jump back into what we are going to talk about in this segment. Um, some commander's news, Colin, that... Yeah, Guess not what? good news. No surprise. And, and it doesn't really have much to do with the football, like in terms of what's happening on the football field. No surprise there either. They just cannot get out of their own way and keep their foot out of their mouths. It's true. As they uh, released that statement yesterday, essentially, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, they released a statement from the after the attorney general had announced he was doing some sort of investigation and had something to announce, I think it was today, right? Yeah, the uh, attorney general for the District of Columbia, Carl Racine, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name. If not, I apologize. But he's holding a 1 p.m. press conference today to make a, what he said, quote, was a major announcement related to the Washington commanders now what it is nobody really knows everybody's assuming that it's linked to uh, his office's investigation into the commanders that's been going on for about half a year now as uh, him as well as the Virginia Attorney General are looking into allegations that the organization engaged in financial improprieties. We heard when that started that there was a rumor circulating that Washington had a second book financially that was uh, kept around to kind of hide some of the uh, season ticket sales that they had to keep away from other teams because they share revenue in the NFL. And I think I've been seeing that there's been a letter, I don't know how accurate it was, sent around to even some season ticket holders from almost like two decades ago during this time where these allegations come from about a potential refund now from back then. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's crazy stuff. And what they did yesterday, which I know we're about to get to, is baffling on why they even decided to make this announcement and go this route. Yeah, so essentially the commanders uh, released a statement yesterday that said, quote, Less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight, end quote. Uh, and then continuing here, despite the out-of-control violence crime in D.C. today, the Washington commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow, end quote. So I think essentially what the commanders are trying to say is that they shouldn't be worried about what they're doing. And should be yeah, and it goes on to say that later on in this quote at the end, the basically last few sentences, this is word for word. It is unfortunate that in his final days in office, the attorney general for D.C., Mr. Racine, appears more interested in making splashy headlines based on offbeat legal theories rather than doing the hard work of making the streets safe for our citizens, including bringing to justice the people who shot one of our players, which, if I'm not mistaken, they were caught. 
At least one was. I think both were, right? Yeah, I believe so. So how does that make sense? And two, he's been investigating you guys for six months, so he's not just now deciding to make the headlines. This has been going on for half of the year. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's a very classy look from Washington and, and trying to maybe take like the attention off them of them. Uh, and that's the route they always go. And it frustrates the fan base. It frustrates the media that covers them. And it frustrates the team and their agents, is who we've seen as well. Ryan Williams, the agent of Brian Robinson, who's the player that got shot, tweeted out as soon as this happened yesterday. Up until an hour ago, the commanders handed, handled excuse me, the Brian Robinson situation with so much care, sincerity, and class. And I was grateful for all of it. Although... I know that there are some great humans in that building. Whoever is hiding behind this statement is not one of them. Yeah, and I think that's uh, a good way to summarize it um, from Ryan Williams, the agent of Brian Robinson. And the whole situation is obviously very unfortunate here with Robinson and them using it that way. It doesn't. Look, it's not a good look for Washington and what else is really new with this franchise. But it is, uh, I'm interested to see what comes out of this report, if anything, here at 1 p.m. Because it seems like every time there's supposed to be a big report about the commanders, nothing really comes of it. So hopefully uh, this one actually does lead to something. And maybe we do see the selling of the team from Dan Snyder sooner rather than later. Because as we know, that could be on the horizon here. And after that announcement that we shared earlier was made from somebody within the Washington organization, the president of the Washington Commanders, Jason Wright, uh, was asked and came out Wednesday night, yesterday night, saying, quote, that they expressed our external counsel's ongoing frustration with the attorney general's office, and they've been nothing but earnest and transparent in their communications with this team. So it seems like he's kind of trying to backtrack his way out of it. So maybe he's not the one that brought that out, and he's not happy himself with whoever shared these comments. But when you're a part and a leader of that organization, you're linked to it. Yeah. And how are you not together as a unit to come publicly out? Why is it just one person? And if it's, I don't know who it is, if it's the Snyders or what, it makes no sense. I feel like it has to be if uh, Wright is saying that he's not really linked to it. I mean, he's the president, so that the only real person that's ahead of him would be the ownership to go out and just release that statement. But again, that's just speculation. We don't know who who did this or who made these comments but it's just it's just another thing that Washington continues to I guess mess up off the field wise you like the wise they're calling yeah it's sad for the coaching staff and the players though to have another thing like this to focus on because you know the media is going to ask them about it and nobody in the front office or in the leadership of the Washington Commanders answers for their actions. It has to be the players and the coaches to yet again distract them in a very important game coming up Monday night on the road against the best team in the NFC, the Eagles, who absolutely killed you last time around. 
Yeah, I think... Uh, you don't want to be embarrassed in prime time. Yeah, there's a very good chance of that, though, unfortunately. I know. Either way... Still. But with this extra right, distraction, right, it's just it's another just, thing that they have off. to worry about that's not football-related. But uh, let's move on. I think it's, yeah. we've pretty much wrapped up this story. Even so. though I'm more out up now. Well, <laughs> how do you feel about Pete Carroll? Will that rally you know. up even more? I don't know. I think this whole... P. Carroll thing is he makes another statement kind of dissing Russell Wilson. Uh, it had to do with the wristbands, I believe, and saying that for whatever re- reason Russell Wilson wouldn't wear a wristband when he was in Seattle because it caused uh, restraint and or resistance and um, yeah, it had to do with uh, how uh, Geno Smith's been playing, and he's been wearing the wristband, I guess calling his own plays at times and stuff like that. So essentially this whole thing was just another shot that Pete Carroll's taken at Wilson. He's taken several since he's left the team. And I get it to an extent because it seems like Russell Wilson definitely is a guy that has a lot of drama surrounding him. Um, But also, like... I don't know if Pete Carroll should just be bashing it, a quarterback. I, I'm reading into this, and it says uh, in the ESPN article, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll praised quarterback Geno Smith for wearing one of the quarterback wristbands this season to make, quote, play calling more efficient. So is he trying to blame uh, Russell Wilson for throwing the ball on the one-yard line instead of running it with Marshawn Lynch? Whose fault was that one if the play calling wasn't efficient back then? And this is like the second or third time that Carroll's made an indirect, you know, kind of slash at his former quarterback. You already got the win over him. He's gone. you got to move on. Your team's doing really well this year under Geno. You don't need to be throwing shots at the Broncos and... Wilson anymore. And I think just in the first place, there really was no reason for him to take shots at Wilson necessarily because I think, like I said, Russell Wilson led you to two Super Bowls. Like, he's a big reason that you were considered one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Um, And obviously, what he's done with Geno Smith, I think, confirms that Pete Carroll is a good coach, if not a great coach. I do too. Um, But this is a little petty in my opinion, but again, if you think there was issues with Wilson and do you want to speak those out, do, do as you please, Pete Carroll, I guess. Yeah. But And I wish we could find a way of his body language, the tone that he used, because it was an appearance on a sports show on Mondays and you and I doing a sports show here. We kind of know that when it comes to coaches and stuff, yeah. Don't always, but sometimes you want to egg on something if you're trying to get a certain quote out of them or certain details out of them. So you never know if they were trying to do that. That's true. But it does seem like Carol hasn't said anything like, that's not what I meant or anything like that. Right. So That's true as well. I would presume if he goes on this Seattle sports show every Monday, probably. they probably have a pretty good relationship. So... They're probably not trying to make him look bad, but it is what it is. I just think it's interesting that there's been kind of this beef all year and just a lot of people turning on Russell Wilson, who at one point was looked at as, like, 
one of the best people in the NFL, but now it's like a lot of stuff about yeah, him. Yeah, now, now he's just a personality. A target, yeah, because of his personality. And I don't know if I'd agree into saying that you're trying to make Pete Carroll look bad. I think you're just trying to get, if he's going back and forth with Wilson, that out. I don't know yeah, if they're trying I'd to get maybe more listeners. Bad, but yeah. I like think they were trying to find the soundbite that they wanted. Oh, yeah, that's know. fair enough. I don't know if I blame the coach for that or if I'm completely wrong because I don't even know if the radio guys brought it up. So I don't want to make sure. that accusation either. But it's a weird situation that I don't understand why that him making comments about Wilson is still occurring halfway through the season when he's been gone since last off season. Hey, Colin, do you want take our break now and then we'll talk about the soccer roster situation because yeah, we got nine minutes so yeah, let's go ahead and take the break now all righty as this segment brought to you by Hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you and if you don't like it they'll take it back go to HagerstownFord.com, and we'll be back for more of the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 after this You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to the final segment of the Sports Mix. This segment brought to you by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. They're located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Phone them at 304-263-4343. And, Nick, it's a good thing that I have that one memorized because of the football season. Because for those seeing on TV and our... We don't have it written down. I have this paper. It's on that paper. Well... (laughs) So I would have had to fumble through if I wouldn't have known that one, but... Hey, we have them enough and appreciate their sponsorship that it's engraved in my brain now. Yeah, and Phil McCoy is celebrating a state championship with the Muslim Adelman currently. Yes, he is. Is his daughter Ada McCoy uh, part of that team that just won uh, about 20, 30 minutes ago or so? Yeah. So again, more congratulations to Muslim on winning states in volleyball. But uh, Colin, let's talk uh, some USA soccer. The World Cup is coming up. Uh, and the rosters were finalized. And I know there's been some controversy around these rosters. A good friend of mine, Mike uh, Ambrose, who I was talking to, um, he's a huge soccer guy, and he was telling me all about how this team's roster was picked wrong and these guys should have been on, and I'm sure... Yeah, there's there's a lot of frustrated fans. uh, You have a similar opinion. I do, yeah. I mean, you knew it was going to be a young team. But I'll start off with, I think, in my mind, the biggest snub, and that's Zach Steffen, the goalkeeper who it seems like was Burholter's number one goalkeeper when we've seen these international friendlies, the big games in the Gold Cup, all that. He, He was there, and he's completely left off out of the three that are out of the 26 and it makes no sense in my mind. Matt Turner's not a bad goalkeeper, and that's who's the projected starter now, the current Arsenal backup. 
He hasn't played a single game in the Premier League. He's played in the Europa League a few times. But I don't understand why Stefan was left out of the list. He's not hurt. I don't know the direction that Verhalter's deciding to go, leaving him off. Uh, Ricardo Pepe was the other yeah, big Ricardo one. Ricardo Pepe being out is another head scratcher for being left out. Uh, J- John Brooks, in my mind, a guy that could have really been a veteran guy to help your team out because he's played 29 years before. old, played eight years ago when the team was in. So, Scored a goal. Yeah. A game-winning I, goal. Exactly. I I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely well, interesting. We'll see if he made the right choice in 11 days. Yeah, it's a tough group for the United States. Um, definitely, though, I think excited for the World Cup being placed with England, who's probably going to come out of that group. But England is number one. Yeah. Probably. Can you get second or, if not second, maybe one of those third wild card spots? It's going to be tough against Wales, Gareth Bale, to start off. But I'm not too worried about Iran. Iran is the third team that's in there. I would have been more worried if uh, they would have actually been replaced by Italy because that was uh, something that I believe last week or two weeks ago was coming out from Italy requesting that FIFA did that because of the uh, human rights allegations and stuff from Iran uh, being alleged to be helping out Russia's invasion in Ukraine and we know because of that Russia was left out. Yeah, the fact that Italy didn't even make it was very surprising. I remember that. Yeah, and I believe that's for the second straight time as well, if I'm not mistaken. Or it could have been Euros. That No, they just did well. Yeah, they won the Euro. Yeah, they won the Euro. But and then they don't make the World Cup. Yeah, so I don't know. But got to get ready to wrap up the show. Football tonight. Yeah, we do have football tonight. Uh, kickoff set for 7.30 between Wheeling Park and Musselman, and then a 7 p.m. pregame show. Looking forward to it. Colin, 9 versus 8. Yes, it's going to be a fun one in Inwood, so if you can't make it out, tune in on WRNR-TV on YouTube. But that's going to wrap it up for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.